Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi everyone, welcome to Living Well with Janet, where we explore different health and wellness topics to enrich our ever-evolving personal practices. I'm your host, Janet. I believe that wellness is holistic. It's not just about the food that we eat, the way we move our bodies, sleep, or meditation. It's also about the relationships in our lives, and key among these relationships is the one we have with our chosen life partner. So in light of Valentine's Day, I want to dedicate today's episode to this very special type of relationship. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the median age at first marriage in 2022 was about 28 for a woman and about 30 for a man. At 37 and 44, my current partner and I are just beginning our journey together about a decade past the average person in the U.S. Neither of us have been married or have any kids, and we've both established that, well, we want to get married and have kids. So what does that mean for us? How do we go about committing to and reaching such significant life milestones together when we've known each other for less time than one season of The Bachelor? What happens when you meet your person later in life? This is the question I want to explore today. Are you ready for story time? Here we go. It was a slightly chilly summer evening in Los Feliz. I threw on a long sleeve button up over the tank top and shorts I had worn all day in that Los Angeles summer heat, serving boba drinks to happy festival goers at the 88 Rising Music Festival. I changed my sneakers for black boots, touched up my eyeliner and blush, and put on some lip gloss. There, I thought, casual and comfortable, but a bit of effort. As I walked up to the quaintly lit sign and windows of the restaurant bar he had suggested, I scanned the crowd of potential diners waiting for seats, not really sure what face I was looking for. I looked down at my phone and I saw a new text message pop up, reading, walking up. I looked up nervously. Whew, here we go. What if he looks different than his pictures? What if the chemistry is different in person? What if I'm not attracted? Then I saw the top of a man's head, volumized black hair moving forward at a steady pace. 
Slowly, the bodies of strangers parted and gave way to a soft but well-structured face. A casual but clean black t-shirt and fitted dark denim jeans on a frame that reflected that tall and lanky build that makes me feel both protected but also an equal. I exhaled in pleasant relief. In the next few moments, my mouth and body performed the formalities of greeting like muscle memory. And slowly, my lips parted into a smile that strengthened that pleasant feeling in my gut. I'd like to be able to say that in that exact moment, I knew that he was the one. And while that one moment did lead to many more wonderful moments and months of dating, neither of us knew exactly in that first moment of meeting that we saw a future life with this person. It would take hours of conversation, learning about each other's pasts, experiencing situations that required us to work together toward common goals, disagreements, unintended hurtful exchanges, tears, and more to get to that point. However, that knowledge that we are each other's person and all of the following decisions and actions that are required to move forward toward a future together did follow and continue to follow not that far after that first moment. And I think a lot of that is due to us meeting later in life. Before we continue, I just want to say that everything I'm sharing is based off of my own personal experience and perspective and is by no means meant to be true for everyone. Nor am I advocating for committing to a partner at any specific age. I really think there's no right or wrong way or time to find and commit to your life partner. However, I do believe that the relationship journey can be very different when you meet your partner later in life than when you're younger. And when I think back to my partner and my journey so far, as two individuals who met over the age of 35 and want to build a family together, I think there are three critical stages that we faced and continue to face as a couple aiming toward that shared future. And we experience these stages pretty differently and at a different pace than I think we would have if we met when we were younger. The first stage I like to call is the I know I like you stage. This is where you figure out that you both align on your top values and also on your future goals. It's also the stage where you can say, I am definitely attracted to this person. I feel a chemistry with them. There are moments when I'm in awe of them and I know that I really respect this individual. For me, this happened pretty quickly. We first exchanged messages on the dating app on August 15th. And less than a month later, by September 7th, after our fourth date at Kombu Sushi in Silver Lake, we had both deleted our apps. I distinctly remember coming home from that fourth date and feeling confident that I knew I really like this man, and that I also felt so lucky that he had expressed feeling the same way for me. When I think back to how I was in my 20s or when I was younger versus now in my mid-30s, I think that a lot of the things I was attracted to and what I valued and my future goals were quite different. At that time, I knew I wanted a family, but I had not yet felt the strong desire to work through all the details about how it was I wanted to raise them, what values are important to me to pass down, what are the characteristics I'm looking for in the potential father of my future children. At that time, I also really prioritized my career over everything else, so that affected what I was looking for in a partner. I much more prioritized ambition and career goals over how someone is with their family. But now in my mid-30s, with a better handle on my own life circumstances, the things that I'm attracted to have changed. I think that I value character over a lean body now, signs of a good caretaker over a lucrative job, and humility over confidence. Back when I was younger, I think I was pickier about the things that I now realize don't really matter to me. I guess what I'm saying is, knowing that you like someone takes both knowing that you're attracted to them, but also knowing that you share your values and future goals. And I think that I arrive at that differently now in my 30s than I would have in my 20s or when I was younger. 
Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stage two is what I would call the, will you fit into my life stage? As two individuals coming together, we both have various friends, families, and social groups. So this is the stage where you meet the individuals who are the extension of this person and you introduce them to yours. And you really have to be able to answer the question, can I see this person in my life? And can they see me in theirs? My partner and I met each other pretty close to the holidays, so when it came to introducing each other to our friends and family, it happened over a lot of dinner parties and celebrations and so on. And as busy as it was, and as many people as there were to introduce each other to, when I think back to my social circle when I was younger versus now, it's quite different. Had I met my person when I was younger, I think I would have introduced him to a lot more people, but a lot more people who maybe I would not keep in contact with. When I was younger, my social circle was much wider, but also more shallow. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's definitely a place and a time for everything. And my 20s were a time for meeting a lot of different types of people whom I may not maintain contact with much later in life. Had I brought a partner around back then, I'd be introducing them to a lot more people, which probably would have taken a lot more time. But because my partner and I are both older and our social circles have shrunk and become more focused, there are less friends to introduce each other to, but the friends we introduce each other to are like family. When Eugene met my close group of friends and family, many of them got along with him pretty easily. And I also had a lot of friends observe that he and I shared a lot of similarities. And then at my family gatherings, you know, the ones with tons of cousins and aunts and uncles, he seemed to fit right in pretty comfortably and pretty easily. And when I introduced him to my sister, they hit it off almost right away. And this for me was a very valuable signal that meant, yes, this man can definitely fit into my life. Maybe partially because we met closer to the holidays when there were a lot of social gatherings, but I think it's also because of our more intentional social circles because of our age that we kind of met all of each other's people and figured out that there was a fit pretty quickly. And in fact, we started living together pretty soon, about a month and a half after we met. 
Which brings me to the third stage, what I think is also the most important stage, figuring out if you can work together. Moving in together when you both have lived 30 to 40 years as separate single people can be challenging. You've developed habits that may clash, you both are pretty set in your ways, and not only that, but we started living together during the holidays when we were both spending lots and lots of time with each other's friends and families, also traveling cross-country together to visit his family. Needless to say, we got to know each other pretty well and become comfortable around each other pretty quickly. But of course, this is just top level. Working together in that way can seem pretty basic. It's when life gets more stressful and challenging that requires you to cooperate, which can be the real test. Are you going to be able to support each other? Can you forgive each other? Can you get things done together? Now, this might just seem like a small example, but it's the one that I want to talk about. During the tail end of the holidays, we decided that we wanted to move in together, and we found an apartment together and signed a lease together. And over the last month, we planned a pretty large move amidst a pretty crazy work schedule for both myself and him while committing to family obligations and still trying to get the hang of coordinating our now doubled social calendars. And of course, during this time, on top of everything, our immune systems both decided to give out and we're both trying to push through all of this while sick. Now, for those couples who have been together for years and have experienced real bigger challenges, I know this is going to sound like child's play, um, and I'm certain we'll face a lot more challenges in the future, but amidst this moving in together, we did go through more arguments. And while I was blowing off steam to a close friend the other day, and she said, Janet, this is where the real work begins. What you're sharing with me may not be red flags or reasons why you would leave a person, but how you handle these arguments, whether you both decide to confront and work through these moments of strain, will determine if you're able to build a stronger foundation for your relationship. And I think this last stage of figuring out if you can and are willing to work together is something that is ever-present in a couple's life. As people who are constantly changing, we're always having to make that decision to put in the work. And that also requires us to not only be present for our partner, but also to be constantly perceiving our own needs and communicating those needs. And while I know that my example might seem small, I believe that planning and experiencing a move together is a pretty large test for a couple. And I think that a younger version of me would have prioritized peace over confrontation during many of the disagreements that inevitably came up during our move and establishing a new home and new routine together. Whereas now... I know how important it is to make my needs clear, even if it's inconvenient. So those are the three critical stages I experienced as someone who met my person over the age of 35. This is how the two of us have gone about committing to each other and reaching certain milestones together. And while I know that only time will tell if this really works out, and what I've shared today is only a brief overview, I wanted to share this just in case anyone out there is also meeting their partner later in life and wondering why your journey may not look like that of all of your other friends who met their person earlier in life. Or anyone who hasn't met your person yet and feel like you're running out of time. Because things really can happen at a different pace and faster than you expected. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living Well with Janet. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a clock and heart emoji in the comments of the IG post. And if you're also someone who met your partner later in life, please share some of your stories in the comments. I'd love to read about different ways that people are finding love in different time frames and in different circumstances. 
Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. Thank you.